B98.5's Tad and Drex Show podcast. Helping you catch up on what you missed. Yo, I thought my wife was going to die last night. Uh-oh. Legit. Like, I was like, I- I'm going to call 911. You are not going to stop me. We're getting an ambulance and going to the hospital. What? Drex, what happened? I was like incredibly worried about her she started she had some tummy issues yesterday uh and then she started complaining about having a migraine so then she lays down and she's out for like 45 minutes can't even shake her and finally i get her up and i say you need to like come drink some water and you need to eat some dinner that we threw in the oven she's like what i don't know what's going on what's the day and she's Mm -hmm. like her her words are like mumbled and i'm like what something is just not right she's like i feel like i took pills i'm like did you take pills that's not her. She would right. not do that. So we're eating dinner. We're eating chicken pot pie. She's like, is there chicken in this? I'm like, yeah, it's chicken it's pot pie. pie. <laughs> you made it. And she's, oh, like, no. and she's like, what kind of chicken? I'm like, this is what the hell is going on? So she eats a little bit and goes and lays back down. And she she works her way. I, I'm like nervous as hell. This is not. If she if something happens to her. It's not going to end well for my family. Like a- Avery and I are just going to live in a box with no food, you know. Uh, and, and so she kind of like gets herself out of it, and we start doing some research later that day. And there's a thing called uh, migraine babble. It's like a legit thing when you uh-huh. get a migraine so bad that it starts to jumble your brain, and you yeah you feel like you're drunk around pills. And it's crazy. I've I've suffered from migraines since I was a teenager, and it's different for everybody. Some people, it's hormonal. Some people, it's environmental. Some people, it's um, uh, food or smells. It just, and everybody reacts differently. So, like, I have to go into a dark room, take medication, no sound, don't touch me, let me sleep, leave me alone. She, uh, my my wife April is a realtor, and so she spends a lot of time in front of the computer screen on mm. her phone. I mean, whenever I look at her uh, phone bill, it's hilarious because I'll have I don't know. Let's say I have a thousand texts a month. She has like fifty five hundred. Oh lord! So always with texting and clients and all that stuff, and I'm like, is that the issue? You're looking at your phone or your screen too much. That's really uh, jacking up your mind. So I don't know what was going on, but it was really a touch and go situation there, and I just had all the negative thoughts running through my mind that something's going to happen to her. But then I also had that one little thought. Oh, no. Just for like two seconds. <laughs> I'm free. Oh. I could be free. I could be a free boy. And But then I went back to worrying again. But I did have that thought for about two seconds. <sighs> you uh, haven't been hearing much from me during this break because the whole time I've been researching headaches, babbling, and coronavirus. Are they all connected or not? I don't know. Are and they're they? not. Oh, Thank good. Goodness. Yeah, I had to, I took a I had to take a COVID test yesterday. What? Yeah. Well, so I because I got I did the teledoc. I have I have a sinus infection, and I'm telling the doctor I'm like, yeah, I got this runny nose, and I got a cough, and it's just irritating. She's like, yeah, it's more than likely a sinus infection, but go ahead and go get a COVID test anyway. So I went and did right. It's in Buckhead right here. I did went and did a rapid test. You go in, they knock it out, the thing up the nose, you get your results in 15, 15 minutes. Did you get your results? Yeah. And you're clear. Obviously. I wouldn't be sitting here if I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, I, was, yeah, I tested positive. I'm positive and I'm you're sitting ready next to, watch to you guys. Dad's yeah. head explode. Yeah, you're like, uh, <laughs> I tested positive. What's coming up next on the show? <laughs> yeah, I, I only want one person with migraine babble today, not two. <laughs> B98.5, 80s, 90s, and now thanks for listening. I'm Tad. We have Drex. Good morning. And Kara. Good morning. 
Around 3.23 yesterday afternoon, did you guys feel like a soft breeze blowing through the air? Mm. Did you feel the winds of change? That was me, sorry. (laughs) So I got to tell you, you know the Tad that you met, and you even know the Tad that's been working on himself, but Mm -hmm. y'all don't know old Tad. And I realized this. um, I was married... Back in the late 90s mm-hmm. for a spell. And I was, I had such low self esteem at the time. I was heavier. I just didn't feel good about myself. And so I thought the woman that I was married to, I thought if she ever left me, that I would never find anybody that would love me again. Aww. I thought that was it. So as a result, I did everything to make. Her happy. Her name was Jen. And she knew that. Or maybe I was drawn to her because that was her personality. Yeah. So, I mean, I could give you a thousand examples, but she wanted something. She would just keep repeating herself until eventually I'd be like, okay, let's do that. Even though I knew it was the wrong thing. And this happened again and again and again. Her taking, me giving, Drex. Did you base her love and affection on you for your value? Like, it, 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 you didn't love yourself, so it was, it, she had to love you for your for you to feel loved. Oh, absolutely. Okay. That continues. I, and I don't think that was her fault. I think I, right. that's other. That's pre first marriage. Yeah. But definitely, like my cup gets filled from the outside in. Mm-hmm. Like I don't love myself enough. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you do this time and time again. What ends up happening? Extreme resentment, yes. frustration, therapy, mm-hmm. realization that that's how you're being, realization that that's how they're being and they're never going to change, divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and after we divorced, I vowed never to be taken advantage of again, never to be in that position. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid that. The pendulum swung a little bit too far in the opposite direction where I became her in an effort to, yeah. And and now through therapy, I'm realizing that now I'm the taker. I I become the taker. And and there's no surprise that I married Jessica, who's a giver. Ah. So that's what I'm saying. Old Tad was a giver. You don't know that. That's like another version that... Yeah. Not many people know because, yes. Uh, old Tad was the giver and your ex-wife was the taker. So have the, has the script flipped now? You're the taker and Jessica's the giver? Is Do you think she's starting to build resentment at all, your wife Jessica? Well, I have that perspective yeah. in having been on the other side. Yeah. And so I've been working on that in therapy. This is why I don't complain when the dishwasher isn't loaded properly and all of these <laughs> things. but Because I'm very set in my ways. But the last frontier of... Tad getting his way Mm -hmm. is when it comes to the decor in the house. And as I mentioned, I'm the decorator. Mm -hmm. And I have a very particular style. Rather than tell you what my style is, it'll be easier for me to tell you what it's not. (laughs) It's not jack-o'-lantern pillows, dried corn husks, bales of hay, or skeletons sitting on the mantle. So it's not fun at all. <laughs> Tad well, doesn't like fun. Know. It just doesn't it just doesn't mesh. And these are the very things that my wife loves. 
Do you remember we were talking about if you weren't married, this is what you'd have? Yeah. 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 Well, just listen to the way that my wife talked about what she would have if she wasn't married. In the fall, I would have like scarecrows and pumpkins and a decorated (laughs) mantle, decorations in the front. You go out and you buy your mums. And if you could see her face as she's saying those things, I mean, she's just like dreaming a dream. So are you in a position where you're realizing that uh, she wants a, a little peace for herself? Oh, I'm not realizing. She's okay. telling me. She's telling oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's not like I'm like, oh, I came up with this on my own. But yesterday at 323, I don't know if I hit my head or something happened. Yeah. Just physiologically or whatever. Mm. But it dawned on me. We have this little back courtyard that... Really looks like Honey Boo Boo lives there. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and it needs to be done, some landscape, something. Up, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll work on that. But in the meanwhile, I was like, we already have this. Could be Jessica's oasis. I could be a true hero to her and give her exactly what she wants. And how great will that feel? To be able to actually say, you know what? I'm working on this. I want you to have your fall wonderland in our back courtyard the whole nine. I will. Wait a second. Compromise? That doesn't sound like a compromise at all. What are you talking about? So your wife, Jessica Tad, wants to decorate your house in a Halloween theme, and your compromise is to give her a patch of dirt? No, no, no. This is a giant courtyard, and she's already started on the front stoop. So I'm just like, so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to show her that I've changed, that I am now doing what I can to make her happy. And so I went to her with the tape recorder, obviously, I'm on the radio, (laughs) to present her with this great idea and the plans and everything. Do you think I walked away feeling good about this? Oh, I was hoping so, but by the sound of it. We'll listen to that conversation coming up in two songs. (laughs) B98.5, 80s, 90s, and now it's Tad and Drex and Kara. And uh, if you're just joining us, I was talking about the fact that I don't want my wife, Jessica, to resent me for saying no to the seasonal decorations year after year. And you got to admit, the fourth quarter of the year is very tough. Mm. I mean, this is seasonal decoration season. It really is. You could get by. Not a lot of people put up Valentine's Day decorations, but we're getting hit with, bam, uh, Fall, mm-hmm. bam, Halloween, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's like, <sighs> so every year she wants to decorate the house with skeletons and all this stuff. I don't want that. So it's like a little battle because I'm always like, sort of like, I hope she doesn't ask. I know she's going to. And then <laughs> eventually I just, she just gets worn down. This confuses me so much because I, I mean, in my house, I don't, my wife said, do you like that pillow? I'm like, I don't know. Sure. Whatever. But you're in charge of the interior decorating of your home. It's like a hobby of mine. Okay. I enjoy it. Yeah. It's something like you. people are like, so what do you do like for fun? <laughs> it's think about furniture and 
I know it's crazy. I don't know what I don't know what. So your taste is not. like a touch of modern, and Jessica's is Cracker Barrel. <laughs> right. Okay. Aww. Well, I mean, listen, Drex's words, not mine. Right. <laughs> so, but yesterday, I don't know. So I was like, I realized we have this little area, this courtyard that we haven't done anything with in terms of landscaping or anything, and. Why not, like, Tad, why why not please your wife for once? Why don't you try yeah. one year to just be like, gift her with like, you know what? Here you go. Here's a Here. blank canvas. Enjoy yourself. Because I know how much she loves it. I know how much she's wanted it. And after, I don't know what it's been, 10 years of saying like, no, let's, I don't really <laughs> want the jack-o'-lantern <laughs> spectacular in our house. What? It's going to clash? Yeah. I was like... I'm going to, and I couldn't wait. I was so excited because I was like, when I tell her this, this is just going to be like, mm-hmm. she's just going to be like, thank you so much and throw her arms around me <laughs> and be like, you're my hero. And I will just, it will just fill me up. We talked about that before, how I love to, to, the, the cup to be filleth. Mm. So I hit record on my little recorder and I went over to her to so I could document this big moment. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened. I decided to take a different tactic. For what? I was thinking about it. For one year at least. We'll try it this year. I'm going to give you the fall of your dreams. What does that mean? What does that entail? I'm like shaking with excitement over here. <laughs> well, for starters, I'm going to go over to Michael's and buy a couple of bales of hay. Okay, that's just the beginning. What's next? You tell me. It's your fantasy. Do I have indoor and outdoor free reign? I think we should start with the backyard. You can create no. your own fall <gasps> away. Like haunted house in the backyard? <laughs> like things hanging from the tree and stuff? I was thinking some, like, tasteful like like, corn stuff. Like an inflatable? There's not enough room for an inflatable. Yeah, I was thinking is. a couple of tasteful bales of hay and maybe a corn stalk. I can start there and then just, like, slowly. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Close <laughs> your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay, Crisp cool. air. Fire. Warm apple cider. I'm afraid if we do it in the back that the fire pit's going to catch everything on fire. Now is not the time for anxiety. I know. I think, yeah, I think I need I need the front yard, too. And and the indoors, maybe. You can have the front stoop. All right, I'll get started, but once I start, you never know where it's going to tumble. Have you ever heard the expression, looking a gift horse in the mouth? I thanked you. It just might not be enough. It just might not, it just might not be enough. <laughs> you have witnessed it right there, folks. Gosh. I was the giver. Yep. I became the taker. Jessica was the giver. And I just created a taker. Yeah, you did. The, Get ready for some fall fun, buddy. Yeah, and this is going to create more problems. You're trying to resolve something. You just created a mess. Good job. The circle of law. <laughs> <laughs> the circle of Tad. <laughs> Tad and Drax are keeping you up to date with everything you need to know. It's Info to Go on B98.5. We're sponsored by Breda Pest Management. They handle bugs and critters. 727 clouds, scattered showers this morning, widespread rain this afternoon through tomorrow morning.
Womp, womp. Mm-hmm. 66 right now. What's going on, Kara? We've been seeing some of our teachers come up with some really genius ideas lately to make sure the kids that are going back to class for face-to-face learning are safe. But we've got one local educator who actually has a patent pending for his idea. At Great Eaton School, the Eaton Academy in Roswell, the classrooms are really small. So to maximize space and keep those social distancing rules in place, he decided to build up. So he came up with this cool, safely social station, which is basically a complete workspace for the students. It's got some storage underneath, a little ladder that goes on top. The desk and chair is elevated on top of this little platform. And there's even like a little gate that goes around it so nobody falls off or no, you know, chairs or desks go sliding anywhere. It's actually really cool. And with this idea, they're going to be able to bring a lot more kids back into the classroom. This concept allows us to have uh, 25% more capacity in a classroom. It's very easily moved, even as big as it is. Uh, the kids and I have taken it apart multiple times. I'm trying to envision this thing, Kara. Is it like, you know, when you go to a live sporting event and you see the large television cameras on these platforms? I mean, does it look something like that? Uh, Everyone gets their own stage platform? Maybe a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it does. It's it's really neat. Yeah, it's like scaffolding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you so, can paint I mean, the ceiling, you can do your homework. Sure. Right? So we may end up seeing these all over the place because he's got a patent pending on this idea. Cool. So it can only get better from here, right? Ready for a good feeling? Come on. <laughs> Sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah. Yesterday, our friends over at Must Ministries had a huge celebration. After years of hard work, they finally got to break ground for a new $12.1 million homeless shelter. Wow. So this new facility will have 136 beds, a health clinic, a chapel, and offices for their clients who are seeking help with finding a steady job and job force training. So if you remember uh, Reverend Ike Reichardt over there, he is just the most amazing guy. And this homeless shelter couldn't come at a better time. There's so many people who are in need right now. There were two really famous people at that groundbreaking yesterday that I saw on Instagram. One was obviously Governor Brian Kemp and the other one was young sweet Thaddeus. (gasps) Please. There are a lot more famous people than that. I'll tell you what. But uh, I did go out there to uh, the groundbreaking. I talked to Ike for a couple of minutes. He was so grateful for all the help that we've given them. And I said, listen, I said, Y'all are helping kids because mm-hmm. in addition to doing this uh, shelter, mm-hmm. think about it. You just mentioned it. I think he said something like in the 30,000s is how much, how many people Must Ministries helps annually. This year, they're already over 100,000 because there are a lot of people wow. who need food, need yeah. shelter, need help uh, getting back to work and stuff. So cannot say enough about must ministries and i brought y'all in some uh, nice cool must ministries masks very oh, comfortable right cool very comfortable they're better yeah. than yeah. these itchy you know blue surgical masks who look like i'm doing you know an <laughs> amputation or something i mean can must ministries do they even get the masks right i know right i love them our pop culture princess is ready to play are you smarter than kara is on b98.5 brought to you by rs andrews heating Air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical. Hello, Luann and Mableton. Hi there. Hi there. Could you kick Kara out of the studio for us? Kara, take a hike. See you, Luann. Good luck. <laughs> All right. We are going to ask you five pop culture trivia questions while Kara stands outside the room. Then we'll bring Wait. Kara back in, ask her the same questions. If you end up answering more right than Kara, 
she'll have to pay you $100 cash, okay? Yes. I know. (laughs) Well, don't start counting your chickens. Um, Question number one, Tom Hanks said he paid for some of the scenes in Forrest Gump in exchange for a piece of the profits. Forrest and Jenny got together like what? They go together like what? Uh, Peanut butter and jelly. Number two, Emma Stone got married yesterday in a small ceremony. Oh. (laughs) True or false, she was Hollywood's highest paid actress in 2017. Uh, true. Number three, Chris Kirkpatrick auditioned to be the edgy for the Backstreet Boys, but didn't make the cut. What band did he eventually join? Chris Kirkpatrick. Um, in sync. He was going to be an edgy. The edgy, the edgy band member. Sorry, oh. I didn't write that right. Not like baritone or soprano. No, no, no. The edgy. He's he was like he's the he was the bad boy. You know? <laughs> okay. Number four. Congrats to Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik. On the birth of their first child, Gigi's mom, Yolanda, is a cast member on The Real Housewives of... Atlanta? Number five, Rolling Stone magazine shuffled their greatest album of all time list and named Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, number one, knocking out this British band from the top spot. The The Beatles. Bring Kara back in. All right, Luann and Mableton did well this morning, getting three right, and the questions were tough, but you did well. Good job. Here she comes, Miss Trivia. <laughs> um, Kara, same questions. Number one, Tom Hanks said he paid for some of the scenes in Forrest Gump in exchange for a piece of the profits. What a cool thing to be able to just pay for some scenes. I want to know what scenes. Forrest and Jenny go together like what? Peas and carrots. Jenny and me was like peas and carrots. The way I said PB and J. Come on. Uh, all right, one to nothing. Number two, Emma Stone got married yesterday in a small ceremony. True or false, she was Hollywood's highest paid actress in 2017. True? It is true. It's what Luann said. Got her on the board. Two to one. Number three, Chris Kirkpatrick auditioned to be the edgy guy for the Backstreet Boys, but didn't make the cut. What band did he eventually join? In sync. That's what Luann said, but Carrie, you're up three to two still. I think that went pretty well for him, I right? It worked out, yeah. I mean, I would argue in sync was more profitable than Backstreet Boys. Backstreet. Number four. He could have been a bigger star in the back. Anyway. Number four. Congrats to Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik on the birth of their first child. Gigi's mom, Yolanda, is a cast member on The Real Housewives of... Beverly Hills. Luann said Atlanta. Could you imagine that dinner party? (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Kara's up three to two. Finally, number five. Rolling Stone magazine shuffled their greatest album of all time list and named Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, number one, knocking this British band out of the top spot. The Beatles. That's what Luann said, but it doesn't matter. Clean sweep this morning. Kara, five. Luann and Mabel, ten. Three. Are you smarter than Kara Luann? No. 866 <laughs> wins, just 31 losses, Kara. Ooh, ooh. Sorry, Luann. That's all right. B98.5, 80s, 90s, and now. Good morning. My name is Tad. Hello, Drex. Blessings. And we have Kara. Good morning. Um, Six month old water skiing. Did you see this video? It's going viral right now. Mm. It's awesome. Are you serious? Oh, gosh, yeah. It makes me fill with dread. I'm not even a parent, but I feel like this is child abuse. Child abuse? Yeah. Why do you think it's child abuse? Because this baby is six months old. It can't say whether it wants to be strapped to a wooden board and pulled behind a boat in the middle of a lake. Like, there's no way for this child to get out of this contraption if this isn't what they want want to do. He can't even swim. He can't even stand up by himself or walk. 
I got a clip here from the dad explaining that they took all necessary precautions. We had a separate boat out there, um, probably roughly 10 or 12 people involved total, a couple of doctors, a nurse on the boat. That proves my point exactly. If you have to have a couple of doctors and a nurse on the boat to do something dangerous with your six-year-old baby and a body of water, to me, I feel like that's child abuse. Uh, When you say child abuse, are you sure you're saying child abuse and not child endangerment? Because How is that not one and the same? If you're not endangering your child, is that not abuse? Because, no, I feel like child abuse might affect the child emotionally. Or had kind of emotional impact on the child. In this case, they're taking precautions in case anything goes wrong. Nothing went wrong. Thank goodness. The child in the video, just so you know, if, if you want to see it, it's on the B98.5 Facebook page, appears to be fine. Not screaming bloody murder. Not crying. The child is six months old. It can't communicate He properly. does not seem to have any emotion tied to this whatsoever and seems completely fine with it. Kara, that, what you said earlier about the child doesn't have a voice, can't say anything, that's, what's pro- that's the problem in America right now is kids are, are, are running, doing whatever they want. They've got the voice. They're in control. That's the problem. Kids, don't, kids should not have a say. Well, if these parents want them to water ski, guess what, kid? You're going to water ski. I think that's garbage. This kid can't even decide if it is interested in water skiing or not. This is a passion of the parents and something that the parents want to see their kid do. And they're going to push him to do it no matter what. And And that includes strapping his sweet little six-month-old feet to a wooden board and dragging him behind a boat. But in 10, 12, 20 years, he's going to thank his parents for that. I remember when I when I was growing up, my mom put me in piano lessons, and I hated it. It was on Wednesdays with uh, with my teacher Don, and I would just hate those days. I knew it was coming; it was looming. But now, thirty years later, if we're at a dinner party or there's a piano somewhere, oh. I can hop on, tickle those iris, and everyone's, everyone's oh, hooting and hollering. What is this kid gonna do? Oh, come on, everybody, come out into the pool, and I'll show you how I can float. Like what? I would just ask Drex, was the piano being pulled behind a boat on the water? <laughs> it could be, and I'd still be able to play oh it. Think, think about when that kid who is water skiing when he's six months old, now he's 25, and, and he's out there with his friends, and there maybe there's a couple ladies there, and it's like, hey, guys, watch this. I can water ski. He's the king of the roost now. Yeah, but you're an adult then. This is a six-month-old baby yeah, this is he, a baby. He's so good at it. He learned young. Oh no! Here's what I think. I think I think that if we go to the phones right now and we ask this question, we're going to find people who were traumatized by something that happened to them when they were kids that their parents forced them into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious whether or not they went on to be successful at that or are terrified of that activity. I suspect that anybody that learned anything before they were six months old, even a year. Because my kid, Sam, with the swimming at five, he's terrified. He knows what's going on. He's emotionally affected. I think there's a certain breaking point where this little six-month-old kid has no idea what's going on. And it probably works to his benefit. 404-741-0985. There's something that you try when you were a kid. You're either deathly afraid of it now or you love it. You're either going to prove Kara right or Drex right. 
Who's it going to be? You know who's going to win this one? Probably mm-hmm. Kara. B98.5, 80s, 90s, and now it's Tad Drex and Kara talking about this six-month-old water skiing. And Kara, you think this is child abuse straight up? I feel like it is. If you have to strap your child down to a wooden plank to pull them behind a board and they have no say in if they're interested in doing this or not, and you just want them to do it to fulfill something in you as a parent, I feel like that is a type of abuse kids these days thinking that they have a voice and they can say no and not listen to authority and then they grow up and they're 25 years old acting like an idiot that's what's wrong in america right now if, if a 5 10 year old 12 year old kid isn't going to respect authority at that age why are they going to do it when they're 25 your parents tell you to do something you do it but that's a five or ten year old child this is a six months old baby good start them young I think I disagree with Drex, and I also kind of disagree with you, Kara. <laughs> I think that it's fine only because they took all the necessary precautions. They yeah. checked with their pediatrician. There was a team of like scientists on another boat going alongside it. So everything was, all the safety precautions were there. There was no endangerment, and there was no abuse. The kid is happy and doesn't even know what's going on. Again, if you have to check with your pediatrician and bring along nurses and doctors to do a stunt, that is not safe. Like Obviously, you know that that's probably not a good idea. Amanda and Social Circle. My dad, you know, I was a, probably about five or six, and, you know, I was kind of late at learning how to swim. And my dad got irritated with me one day, which, for the record, not on speaking terms with him anymore, but oh, wow. he, actually, he actually threw me in the water, mm. and I was not a very confident swimmer, and in the deep end of all places. Mm. And I don't go in pools anymore, and I'm 27, so... Yeah, he did that the wrong way, but had he gotten you lessons and did it the right way and pushed you, it would have been a different story. Sam, your son, Sam, Tad, same situation with the swimming. Isn't he a good swimmer now? No. The only difference is, is that we gave him a voice, and his voice says, no, says I don't no. want that. Hey, Scott and Buford, morning. A quick perspective on what she was talking about. She makes a point. The child was six months old, but no child at six months is remembering what they're doing in the first place. But for a little perspective, you know, we, I don't think it's endangerment whenever we put, you know, children through infant swim rescue, right? And so that Mm. that can happen at around that age. That's putting them in water. It sounds like they were, you know, in this case, they were doing something where the child was not in control as parents and they had backups and safeguards. And, and yes, maybe is that questionable? Maybe it depends on the parent, but it does not seem like child abuse to me, especially if, safeguards were there i feel like doing infant swim lessons in a controlled environment where there's a pool and a coach and everybody can like stand up in the water that are that's an adult is completely separate than strapping your six-month-old child to a wooden board and dragging them behind a boat in a a lake there's probably somebody who's afraid of water skiing why are they afraid of water skiing maybe they were taught to water ski when they were five or their parents pushed them in but people i i get i get very jealous of parents that i see with their little infant kids swimming around the pool because they don't have to deal with the trauma that is teaching a five-year-old how to swim this kid right here is going to be doing some amazing tricks right. when they get to be five years I think, old. I mean, I, in this case, I think so. Like, I was tossed in a lake at an early age. Um, I'm sure I don't remember at six months either, but at a year and, or two, if it were me, would I, would I maybe, you know, do the same thing as, as what you're talking about here? Maybe not. That's a judgment call. I just, I don't think it's child abuse, and I can see maybe where, you know, someone's questioning judgment. But I don't, I think 
let's let's hang in there. I think we should check back in on this child in a few years, in a decade. I think he's going to be all over the water right. having fun. But anyway, well, that's this, my thought. It's interesting. I was just reading the article, and it s- says that this kid's name is Rich. His father, Casey, says that uh, they're going to do skydiving next. Oh, great. <laughs> and they're just hoping that the kid remembers when to pull the chute. Sword Wonderful. fighting. <laughs> B98.5, 80s, 90s, and now, thanks for listening. It's Tad, Drex, and Kara. Um, th- you know, I've been in Kanye West's position. We've been talking about this this week. I've been in that position where you, you do something wrong, you hurt somebody, and the harder you try to make it up to them, the worse it gets, <laughs> where you're just like, probably I should just accept I screwed up, walk away, and end it. But Kanye, I have a certain thing for him because I feel like, go for it, buddy. Keep trying <laughs> to I, make it good to Taylor Swift. Do I identify with Kanye West? A little. <laughs> scary. Um, so if you haven't heard, Kanye West has vowed to get Taylor Swift's masters back. Taylor Swift recorded all these songs. Then her nemesis, Scooter Braun, who's Justin Bieber's boy, right? Mm-hmm. Scooter bought all of Taylor Swift's stuff, which made her crazy. You've mm-hmm. probably heard a couple of Taylor Swift songs about it. Yeah. Who's going to save? Who's going to step in to save those master tapes? But Kanye West, the guy <laughs> who on stage... Interrupted her and said Beyonce should have won the award right. that she won years ago. Right. So you got one jerk who's buying your music, and then you got another jerk who's going in to save the day. It's disgusting. Yeah. But uh, so we're going to do song for the scenario here. This is where I'm going to give you a situation. You guys are going to pick the perfect song that fits that situation. Okay. And uh, part one is your scooter brawn. You have all the $300 million worth of Taylor Swift songs. What song is playing in your head when you get that phone call from Kanye saying, listen, bro, give me those tapes back. I want to give them to Taylor. What song's playing in your head? Your scooter. Well, if I'm Scooter, I'm definitely going to let Megan Trainer say it all. You know he's not coming off a $300 million of her masters. Come on. It's a good effort. I need to preface my song by saying I'm not trying to pick on Kanye West's poor mental state, but just more of the thought in Scooter Braun's head when uh, Kanye calls and says, hey, give me all of Taylor's masters. I think you're crazy. Low-hanging fruit. Yep. Uh. <laughs> 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 Drex wins round yeah. one, and I'm sorry. That was really good. All right. Part two of Song for the Scenario. The next part of this scenario is that now you're Taylor Swift. Kanye managed to get the $300 million worth what? of tapes of your songs... And he's on your doorstep presenting you with those $300 million worth of your music saying, here, Taylor, this is for you. What song do you play full blast for Kanye? I'm playing some JoJo. Come on. Get up. Get up. Right now. It's the end of you and me. It's too late now. I can't wait for you to be gone. 
Wow. Bye, Kanye. She's coming strong for part two, Drex. Do you got what it takes? Yeah, definitely is. But I had to put myself in Taylor Swift's shoes, her being a woman. And I know, Carol, women hang on to grudges. Mm -hmm. I'm not being rude when I say that. It's a fact. True. So this is what Taylor Swift is thinking. The winner of round one of beat uh, of uh, song for the scenario. I'm getting all my games mixed up. Of are you smarter than Karen? No. Of song for the scenario was Trex. Yes. The winner of round two of song for the scenario is Trex. You a little salty there, Kara? Very. Like a saltine. <laughs> what song is playing through your head when you hear that you lose? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Charlie's next with an hour of nonstop music. You lose. You hear that, Kara? <laughs> you get nothing. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Tad and Drug Show podcast. Subscribe for automatic updates and listen live weekdays from 5 to 9 a.m. on B98.5. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.